Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Lori Davis Edwards. Lori, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Now, if there's anyone out there that doesn't know Lori yet, let me just give you a little background on her. Uh, Lori Davis Edwards, she's actually the founder and CEO of eFlirt. It's an online dating concierge service. See, her company has actually helped thousands of singles meet meaningful matches digitally. And her advice has been featured in more than 500 international media outlets, including the New York Times, Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, Forbes, Elle, Men's Health, and The Wall Street Journal. She's been nominated Best Dating Coach two years in a row at the iDate Awards, and Lori wrote a best-selling book, Love at First Click, The Ultimate Guide to Online Dating. She's married to her tweetheart, who she e-flirted with in 140 characters on Twitter. Lori, take a minute and fill in any blanks there may be in that introduction, and and if you wouldn't mind, give us a little glimpse into your personal life. Yeah, sure. So, um... So yeah, I mean, I wake up every morning and I help people find love. That's that's really what is my passion, and um, and what I base my business around. And um, you know, before I um, started online dating myself, I failed a lot, and I know how hard it can be when you feel like you're not meeting the right people, or you're not getting messages from the right people, or you're not getting dates with them or building relationships with them. So um, that is why I started eFlirt to really help people who are struggling like I had struggled before um, and help them them meet someone. Um, and personally, I'm married. I, um, I met my husband on Twitter, <laughs> um, like you mentioned, and we met about seven years ago now. Um, so it was the very early days of Twitter and, um, I was searching a hashtag, which, you know, back then people didn't use hashtags as puns. They were really things that people used to search. Um, and I searched hashtag dating. (laughs) So simple, right? And, um, and I found him and I just felt like I needed to know him. Um, My husband, like Sneak Peek, is a dating coach too. Um, He helps people in person. But um, but there was just something about him. I didn't really know what it was. So um, I retweeted something he said. And he... um, he wrote me back and then I wrote him back, but then that was it. He didn't write me again. And I was like, oh no. Um, so I DM'd him, which is like a private message, a couple of weeks later um, and asked if he wanted to grab a drink. And it's really all history from there. <laughs> Very so, cool. 
Yeah. That's great. Well, I'll tell you, Lori, it, it's, I mean, obviously the, the online dating world is, is one of those things that feels like a mystery to a lot of people, even though they may be actively involved in it. So it's really cool that what you're doing there and, and, you know, our show's focused on partnership and obviously that's what you're guiding people into. And I'm, I'm wondering, what do you use as kind of, I call it a guiding principle. Sometimes it's a quote or it's a mantra. It's something that you can kind of come back to when you get a little bit off course in your partnership. And I'm wondering what you use for that to keep you on course in partnership and how our listeners can apply it in their lives. Um, my husband and I definitely have one. And I say my husband and I, because it's something that's really important to both of us. And I think that truly in a partnership, it's a guiding principle should be important to both of you, right? It needs to be something you both believe and you both opt into and you both practice. Um, and so ours is, um, when you stop dating, the relationship ends. So my husband and I, we still ask each other out on dates, <laughs> like we're in fourth grade or something. Um, we still court each other. We still um, try to make our partnership, even though we've been married for almost two years now and, and together for more than seven, um, we try to make it feel like we're still dating all the time. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, something so important to remember in your relationship too um, for the listeners because when you keep it fresh all the time, it's, it's kind of impossible to keep it fresh all the time, right? <laughs> um, but when you are dating someone, you think of new ideas of things you could do together and you get tickets to that concert or whatever. But when you focus on dating, not only does it attempt to keep things fresh, but also it makes sure that you're connecting. Because when it's date night, which happens for my husband and I at least once a week, if not more, it's a different level of conversation and a different level of connection than we're having if we're sitting at home in front of the TV or going about our daily lives. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting point because, I mean, you talk about when it's date night and, and you often hear somebody go, oh, it's so great. They still have a date night as if that's like this ridiculously hard thing to do. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, how could they ever do that? But we get so serious and so caught up in everything in our world that we don't let the fun be there anymore. Yeah. And the other thing that, that I found date night does is, like you said about the connection, if it's time for date night or you plan that date night and you're not connecting, that's a sign of something else needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this little beacon that goes, if we're just sitting here looking at each other, there's probably something nobody's talking about and we need to talk about it. Yeah. Instead of letting it sit there and fester for who knows how long. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, it's actually cool the way it serves multiple purposes. Yeah. And I think you're right that every date night isn't going to be the best date night either. You know, after so many years, however many years you've You've been together, you know, for the people who are listening, maybe it's longer than my husband and I. And um, so it's impossible for every date night to be the best in the whole world. Um, but you're right that if you're not connecting, there's usually a reason for that. And so, some little trick that Thomas and I started doing when we were just first started to date um, 
we were long distance for a while. And so we started playing 20 questions with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it, you know, it started as a way to learn new things about each other. Um, And you couldn't ask the, the only rule was that you couldn't like, the other person could answer the same question because sometimes you're like, oh, that's a really good question. I want to know what your answer is too. But it doesn't count as a question if the, if you're mm-hmm. asking the same question. You still have to come up with your own. Um, but what it did, the more our relationship progressed, is it also gave us a safe space to talk about the tough stuff too. And when Thomas and I went through our darkest time so far, I'm sure there will be more hard things we'll go through. But um, actually, right after we got engaged, we went through a really tough time. And um, we came back to that 20 questions because um, it was this safe space for us to talk about the hard things and to cry together and to feel like, oh, we're just playing this game. But really, we're approaching some major topics here that I know you don't want to talk about, but we have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so cool that you found this framework, in your case, 20 questions, that, that essentially kept the amusement alive. So yep. it, was, it wasn't, oh, this is serious, I got to talk to you. It's like it's back in this playful context because then things can keep moving and flowing. When we get really serious, that's when we start feeling stuck. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. Thanks for that, Laurie. Yeah, of course. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that uh, our listeners love about our show is the stories that our guests share about their personal experiences and partnership. And what I'd love to have you do for us, Laurie, is take us to a time in your life where, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And just tell us the story of what, what were you doing, what did you trip up on, and, and then what were you able to learn from that to be able to move forward? Mm. Well, I think being long distance, um, (laughs) we're long distance for about a year and a half. And there's a lot of times where you can trip up when, when that's concerned, right? Um, because it's just a little harder to connect sometimes. Um, so I mean, I think for us, well, actually I think that the, um, we did a really great job being long distance, but, but what happened in that, um, right after we got engaged that I mentioned to you is that, um, my fiance at the time, now husband, um, he tore his Achilles. Seems like a silly thing, right? Like, I mean, not a silly thing. It's, it's really painful, but for a torn Achilles to affect our relationship seems a little silly. Um, but because he tore his Achilles, he was in physical therapy and, um, and he was on crutches, and it's really hard to live in New York where we lived um, when you're on crutches because in New York you walk everywhere. Um, and his physical therapist was um, back home in Boston because he had just recently moved, so his insurance was still um, in Massachusetts. So um, he was living with his parents Um Pretty, but but we didn't treat it like we were long distance again. I think that's really a big thing that tripped us up, is that we, even though we had done a wonderful job of staying connected when we were long distance when we were dating, we forgot. It's like it's like we forgot that any of that even happened. We forgot to consider this long distance 
um, when he was there recovering. Um, and it really was, and it was a tough time for him because it was a time when he was starting to kind of reevaluate everything in his life. Um, he was losing a little bit of his mojo because of his injury because he's a very social person and he couldn't be really social. So he was going through a lot, but then because we didn't treat our relationship with, you know, all of our, um, long distance things in mind and we didn't talk as often and we didn't communicate as much as you need to when you're long distance because you actually need to communicate more because you don't have each other's body language and you don't have each other's nonverbal or even proximity. Um, that tripped us up big time. Um, but we really, you know, we found our way through it. Obviously it was very hard. Um, and part of it was because he was going through a lot personally. And part of it was because we weren't treating it long distance. Um, but once we started doing that, once we realized that that was part of the problem, um, and we started Skyping with each other more and, um, you know, having, having dates, even if they were virtual, um, that's really when everything changed for us and, and we got back on track. And we had a lot of hard conversations then too, because I think that no matter what happens when you trip up, no matter what the circumstance, you have to, you have to talk about it. You can't just let it linger out there. Um, if something's off, if, if it feels off for you, it's probably off for your partner too. So it's really important that when you're feeling, even in the beginning stages of feeling like something isn't right, to address it. Yes, and, and typically it's going to be as difficult as it is, it's still going to be easier than if you let it fester for longer. Yeah, totally. Because then you'll have made up all these stories. Exactly. <laughs> story, I call it storytelling syndrome, and it does happen. It's like the stories we we make up that aren't really the reality of how the other person is feeling. The only way to know how the other person is feeling is to ask them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just self-preservation. It's the way our brain works, right? Is it naturally goes, okay, what are the worst possible things? How can I protect myself? Mm -hmm. So it naturally is going to go to the worst case scenario. But if we address it, then we don't have to have that even engage because we have the real answer. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Well, let's, let's change things a little bit. This is something where I'd love to have you share a story with us, Lori, of a time when, I call it a duh moment. One of those times when you're like, realize maybe there was a pattern you were doing for a long time and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the one creating this or whatever it is, where you just are going, how did I miss this for so long? And how did that wake up moment actually turn into a building block for your future partnerships? That's a great question. Um, so... When I was back dating and I was online dating a ton, I definitely had a type. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that everyone says, oh, I don't have a type, but we all kind of really do. Um, you just might not notice it because for me, I didn't really notice that I did for a really long time. Um, but there was definitely like a type of guy. He was usually worked in finance or some other you know, kind of career like that. And um, he, there were just like 
he was a little bit broy, really family oriented, you know, um, there was definitely a type and, um, and my husband is not that type at all. Um, and I really did have that dumb moment where I realized I'm dating the same guy over and over again, and it's never working out with the same guy, right? Like it's different guys, but they're basically the same. And for one reason or another, the reasons are different why it's not working out, but it's never working out. And when I met my husband, he's so different <laughs> than any of these guys I dated before. He just really, it's, it's so different. And it's so funny because um, it's something that I see reflected in a lot of my clients too, because a lot of what I do with them is help them you know, have that first meetup moment. Um, and a lot of them, when they come to me, are like, I don't have a type, but I kind of notice that they are drawn towards a certain type of person. And that's okay to an extent, but more than half of my clients are in relationships after working with us. And almost every single one of them fell in love with someone that they said maybe to when we picked the match for them. It is not the guy that they were like, oh yes, definitely this guy. I can tell by his profile that like we're totally going to get along. And you know what? That's how I felt. All the yes guys, it was never working out with. But the maybe guy, my husband, is the one who it did. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Lori, because I, I've seen that as well, where, you know, whether we admit that we have a type or not, we're kind of focused on this is what I need. This is the person I'm looking for. They got to be in this industry or that background or this education. And almost every time they turn around, the person that they like get married to or start a long-term relationship with, they're like, it's so weird because they're not my type. Mm -hmm. And what I've found over and over again is it's because we're focused on the, like what's the form that this person has to take as opposed yeah. to what do they actually provide for you? You know, one of my clients, um, like just to build upon that, one of my clients recently, she she's dating a guy who she never would have dated before and it's so good that she almost is like, but is it real? Um, and she's having like every once in a while, she kind of has, still has a little bit of a hard time with it because she's like, it's just so good. Uh, it's, freaking me out a little like what what's wrong and and what we realized in her last coaching session is that she has a story right coming back to the stories mm -hmm. um she has this story of what she thought her relationship would be like the story that she started telling herself since she was a little girl and you know what a lot of us probably have that story too like we imagined what our life would be like with someone and what type of man or woman they'd be and what type of family we'd have. But the reality doesn't always match the story because that's a fairy tale. It's not real life. And so I, in our most recent session, I said, you have the freedom to write your own story. Throw that other book away because it, that's not what's real. What's real is what's happening right now, but that's a good thing because you're in control. And she was like, oh my God, 
that just changed everything for me because sometimes we hold on to what we think even after we've met the right person we just keep clinging to what should be that we almost walk away from it too yeah no it's it's, <laughs> it's true it's common bless you and you know I'm going to actually ask you to switch gears a little bit on the direction we're going. Where I'd like to take this, Lori, is I'd love it if you would share a story of it's what I call one of your proudest partnership moments. And sometimes they're romantic, sometimes they're personal, family, corporate, you know, experience, whatever it is. But what I'm looking for is what's an example of a time you think back on this partnership and you can't help but smile? Hmm. Well, I think it's right now. <laughs> nice. Um, my husband and I just moved from New York to LA. And um, we moved because we are happy out here. Not that we weren't happy in New York, but, um, but we're just kind of following our bliss out here. And why I'm really proud of it is because it feels like the first big decision we've made together since we got married. I mean, of course there have been lots of decisions we've, we've made together over the last two years, but this one is like a, a little more life altering than the others. And we made it together regardless of what our family thinks. We're crazy moving across the country or, you know, any of that type of stuff. It was what was going to be right for the two of us. And, um, and what was going to be right for our relationship. So um, I'm really proud that we that we did this together and that we're putting our relationship first in a way. Yeah, that's that's really cool. See, that that clarifies something for me, Lori, because I thought you were in L.A., but then you kept talking about <laughs> New York, and I'm like, maybe I was totally wrong. Oh, my gosh, I don't know who my guests are. I'm a terrible person. So I feel better now. Thank you. I, we've been here for... 25 days so oh wow <laughs> literally it's like it's brand new <laughs> wow well congratulations that's very cool thank you the adventure continues exactly nice it is an adventure yeah well Lori, we've actually reached a part of the show that i call the bring it all home portion and this is where we step away from the stories and I ask you to provide some simple concrete guidance for our listeners so they can take this and apply it in their partnerships right now and where I'd like to start is, what would you say is the best, it could be partnership or relationship, but what's the best advice you've received around that topic? Well, I think the best advice is that um, no relationship is perfect. I see this especially in the dating stages um, with a lot of my clients, that they, um, they want everything to be perfect right? And if it's not perfect, they think that that means it's doomed. But the truth is in no relationship, even if you think about other relationships in your life with your family or your friends, like you're going to go through stuff together. It's never going to be perfect, but actually it's perfect in the imperfections because those times when things aren't perfect or when they seem hard are when you're going to grow the most. Yeah. And that's, that's so true. And, you know, I, I'm just going to throw this out here, Lori. If, if you have that come up with any of your, your clients again, just send them to this show yeah. because they'll get to hear all these, you know, world-class experts that everybody's knows of that they've read their books and hear their mistakes. 
Here where they were like, oh, it was a train wreck. I almost blew it. I almost chased my husband away. And they'll realize there is no perfect relationship. Yeah. That's part of why I started the show was to make it real for people. Because I think we put, you know, the people that we read their books or whatever, we put them on such a pedestal. And then we go, well, I could, I'll never have that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. And we shut off to the possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's hard to see the possibility when you don't have great examples of what that is. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of my clients go through that too. Like the, we only can learn about love through experiencing it. Or, and so sometimes that's firsthand or sometimes that's secondhand. Um, but we, but because of that, we have to learn the lessons mm-hmm. from those experiences. Even the worst date or the worst relationship where you leave feeling like, oh my God, I wish I didn't waste my time. You know, I wasted three years with that guy and now I'll never get those three years back or anything like that. Um, I have clients who, who say those things all the time. But you're never wasting time because you're learning about love. You're learning so that you can be a better partner in the future. And that's priceless. Yeah, it really is. And, and like you said, I mean, sometimes what you learn is what doesn't work for you. But that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. Because you won't go down that path again, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when you when when what you learn is that what doesn't work for you, it's really a lesson about yourself too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, Lori, let me let me ask you, what what would you say for you personally is the like the book or the resource that you just like recommend to everybody because you're like, this makes the whole difference. This is a game changer. Um, well, probably a lot of your client, your um, the people you've had on this podcast will stay the same, but the five love languages totally changed it all for me. Um, and they have a great version for singles if you're single. Um, but you know, personally, of course, I I lean on the um, the original a little more, which is for people in relationships. But to understand your differences and how your partner loves to be loved. Um, and, and to tell your partner and know how to communicate to them why it's important for you to be loved the way you want to be loved too is so powerful. I really, when Thomas and I realized, um, what types we were, it really changed the way we related to each other. Um, it was like, oh, like, of course I kind of knew that, but I didn't know that, when I do all these little actions, it means nothing to you, basically. You know, like there are better ways for me to show my love to you. So, um, the five love languages is definitely the book that I would recommend. Yeah, that is an incredibly powerful book, and like you said, there's there's different versions of it. And I, I believe they even have like a little quiz if you go on their website that walks yeah, you through how to figure you. it out. So you don't have to read the whole book even. You can just go on their website and it's a really cool little little interactive thing where you pick out, okay, so this is my primary love language. And the thing that I found fascinating is almost more important than your primary love language is your secondary. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why I think it actually is really important to read the whole book because when you read the book, you get such a, in a detailed understanding of each love language and probably you and your partner's 
primary and secondary are all different. So that's four out of the five love languages anyway. And when you read the chapter on each of them, it really teaches you like in depth, what does it mean that that is your love language? Like how, how can you tell your partner to better help you? Um, and vice versa. Yeah. It's, it's such an amazing, amazing resource. And the other thing I'd mention around that, just to add to what you said is, Really be honest about it when you go through it, because I've known people who actually thought that, well, I should be most interested in, you know, touch. So I'm just going to always say that. And you can tell when you meet them, that's not their primary love language. Yep. They're thrilled and ecstatic at gifts. And yet they're saying, no, touch is the most important one, but they're not somebody who's very effusive and touching you and so on. You're like, I don't think so. And then they finally go, yeah, I I think I, I thought I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you got to be real with yourself, but it'll make a huge difference. Even if you just learn it for yourself while you're dating, so then you know, you know, you can tell somebody, you know, I don't little gifts don't mean that much to me, but if you did this for me, that would be incredible. Yep, definitely. And you can inform your partner. So thank you. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'd like you to leave our listeners with here, Lori, is I call it an example of the payoff of partnership. In other words, what's a specific <coughs> thing that you were able to to do or create or experience that would not have happened if you hadn't been in a partnership. Oh, that's an interesting one because, you know, I am so independent in my partnership to be really honest. I think my, my husband and I both are. Um, so, but at the same time, I'm so much stronger because of my partnership. So I feel like in a way, you know, could I have created or experience the things I've done over the last seven years without my husband? Sure. Maybe. Would it have taken me a long time to get there? Yeah. Probably much longer. So it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing. Um, but I guess I guess something that's so unique about us is that we're both in the same industry. We're both dating coaches. Um, and so the way that we support each other in our careers is, is so unique because we really understand what the other person is dealing with and what our clients are like and, and um, you know, our lifestyles and, and how our businesses evolve. So, um, so, yeah, I don't really have a one answer for this one. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just in our uniqueness in, in being in such similar careers, which is so rare, I think. Yeah, that's that's pretty unique experience. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Laurie, because, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. It is to me. I know it's got to be clear to our listeners, too, that there's, there's a lot you have to share. And, and I'd love to let our listeners know just how can they contact you? How can they learn more about what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, if you go to my website, then you'll understand a little more about what my team and I do for our clients. Um, And that's eflirtexpert.com. And you can also connect with me on Twitter at eflirtexpert or really any social channel at eflirtexpert. Um, Or I'm pretty much all of them, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat even. (laughs) So um, just, just connect with me. Great. Excellent. Well, Lori, your stories, your insights, really, really valuable. And 
I just want to thank you for taking the time and sharing those with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.